Welcome to Immigration Nerds. Joining me today is NYC-based designer and Iranian entrepreneur, Amin Hassani. Through his company's Curve and Blue Heart Hero, his team provides custom prosthetics for the disabled and more recently is producing personal protective equipment for hospitals during COVID-19. We get around to his humble beginnings in America. First night in New York, I find myself homeless. The trials and lessons of an immigrant entrepreneur, as well as how his businesses are operating during COVID. And a lot of people think that this pandemic, this, like this quarantine is really hard. It's absolutely amazing for me. And the driving philosophy fueling his future work. That after having the vision of prosthetics for products, not people, focusing on the product, I came up with a bigger idea, a bigger vision, which was... All coming next, I'm Ian Gaines. Come join us Beyond Borders. Uh, tell us a little bit about your immigration story. Yeah. Uh, so I uh, studied mechanical engineering back in college at home in Iran and uh, continued my study in the United States Master of Engineering, which is more uh, a broad study of mechanical engineering and different aspects of it. I've always been passionate about product design and development, which is prototyping, industrial design, sketching, and a little art side of product design. So since I was 14, 15, when I was introduced to computer and software, I started 3D modeling, sketching, and kind of like self-taught designer to this day. And right now I'm the lead product designer of private systems. I design products from sketch all the way to a prototype for major banks and airports in the U.S. Wow. So um, what made you want to start a business and become an entrepreneur? Yes. So uh, that is my full-time job. Uh, but like every other uh, entrepreneur immigrant, I have my side hustle. Yeah. Uh, I always wanted to help people. So my first project ever was when I was 14. I designed this chair that I made with wood because back then I didn't have a 3D printer. And the 3D printers weren't actually, they, they didn't really exist, what we have today. And uh, yeah. I sketched out this chair that had like wheels for kids with uh, problems with lower limb. And it would mm -hmm. give them access to come to the classes and have a computer, carry their books, have a space for mm -hmm. writing and, you know, like a small desk and some lights in the back. It was a very rough concept. But that was a start for me to kind of follow the passion of making products. Right. So did you always have that sense of making prosthetics or just helping the disabled? Uh, where does that angle come from? So it started uh, when I learned about 3D printing three years ago. I joined mm. this nonprofit uh, in New York that they had this design of 3D printable attachment for people with uh, partial limb, uh, upper limb, mm -hmm. and it would allow them to hold a fork. I liked the idea, but the mm -hmm. design wasn't practical and no one was actually using it. Uh, I loved the idea, so I joined the team as a designer, and in two weeks we had the working prototype. And after that, I decided to do more. So I pitched the idea of becoming a network for bringing in solutions like mine. And we become the hub to bring everything together. The company didn't want to take that direction. So uh, with an agreement, I started my company, which is called Blue Heart Hero. And it is an online platform for designers like me to submit their 3D printable solutions to amputation or disability on a website and allow anyone from any part of the world 
to download it for free, 3D print it at a local 3D print shop, benefit from it. So I believe that has been missing from the world. And uh, with the emerge of decentralized production, which is like the added manufacturing, 3D printing, more affordable digitizing softwares, this is more accessible to people. And it is a great opportunity to add this value to the world. Right. Absolutely. I mean, I think even there were like 3D printed masks, you know, during the exactly. COVID yes. right now. And just how much cheaper you can produce the, these masks, a couple of dollars or less than a dollar. Uh, so, you know, you'll have these traditional manufacturers who are making it and it's at such a higher price point. But 3D printing, you can produce basically the same as long as you have like the file, the the specific download, you can print the same structure much cheaper. Um, yes and no. Uh, there's like a, uh, like a balance here. Uh, when you have tens of thousands of quantity, uh, it is much cheaper to mass produce it with like traditional uh, manufacturing methods, like anything other than 3D printing. But when a pandemic like coronavirus happens and there, there are no shipping, factories are shut down and it's a crisis, that's where 3D printing comes in because it's local uh, productions and anyone, even me, uh, I have four 3D printers at home and they're all running Mm. uh, almost all day uh, 3D printing face shields and I'm donating to local hospitals in New York and helping friends. And uh, I'm trying to come up with more solutions for that specific application. Yes, nothing could be 3D printing and it has been extremely helpful during COVID. Uh, But when when we go back to manufacturing, uh, the technology is not still there yet. Mm. Yeah. Got it. So it's more of specialized products, right? Custom, custom products. Yeah, custom fit. Yes. And if someone has a design, like in, in New York, everyone could 3D print it by night if the files are available. So that part of it, like the turnaround is extremely fast compared to any other manufacturing process. So talk a little bit about as an immigrant coming to America, obviously you lived here for a couple of years and and developing this business. How is it like being an entrepreneur, but also an immigrant entrepreneur? Because being an entrepreneur has its, you know, difficulties in itself, but coming to an entirely new country with new culture and making your way inside that ecosystem yeah, absolutely. So, uh, like, there are two sides to this, uh, to my story, which one is being an entrepreneur and one is being an immigrant. And uh, I came here actually in 2015, so I've been here for five years, and uh, I had to leave my family because I wanted to follow my passion in design and product uh, development. Uh, but my family wanted me to run our family business, which has been around for uh, over three decades. Uh, so. What was that business? So my grandfather has a big uh, brand in uh, mixed nuts and chocolates in north of Iran, and oh, it's okay. well known in the like uh, you know north of Iran. Yeah, and I'm the firstborn of the family, so I grew up in different stores and like uh, seeing products uh, being shipped out every day and uh, building up like growing really fast. So by the time I was 19, we had a, a multi-million dollar business, and my dad wanted me to wow. uh, run help him with that business and other companies that he has in like construction, et cetera. And 
that was not really interesting to me. I know it's a great opportunity for a 19 year old to have, you know, everything. I had cars and houses, cabins, anything that a 19 year old needs, <laughs> but that wasn't enough yeah. for me. I wanted successful to, business. Yeah. Sure. I wanted to like create mm. things. So when my dad asked me to right. uh, pay subcontractors for his construction, I, other than that, uh, I designed it myself. So I told the architect, you're not doing mm. it. I'm designing it. And uh, it was uh, successful enough for them to sell their house and move to an apartment because my mom absolutely loved the design. And that was when they realized that, yes, there is more than just running a business and like to life. Uh, so with our agreement, my dad agreed to pay for my college and I agreed to pay for my living expenses. And I had no idea what I'm putting myself into. So when I flew to New York, I paid the tuition the first night. The first day, I paid the tuition to wow. uh, to the school. What what school was it? Did City College to? of New York. And I had to got I it, had to okay. choose a cheaper school because my dad wasn't willing to uh, like pay too much for my education mm-hmm. in the U.S. So yeah, I had better opportunities like uh, art center in California for car design and product yeah. design. I lost all those opportunities, but I come to uh, City College because it's more affordable. And it's a better opportunity yeah. being in New York. First night in New York, I find myself homeless because I ask the college, like, okay, where can I go? And they're like, you didn't sign up for a dorm room. And I'm like, oh, okay, I wow. didn't know that, like communication problems. And Whoa. I ask a friend, they're not willing to help. Like the only person that I knew in the US, I don't have any family, no relatives, nobody. 10 p.m. January, 2015, yeah. two wheelie bags. I don't have a place to go. Oh, and I paid oh, all no. the money to school <laughs> for the tuition. Right. Nothing's tuition. left. Like less than two grand is left. And that was for like buying a computer, renting a place. And I'm like, okay, right. what am I supposed to do? So I stayed in library and in, in laboratories uh, at the school for two weeks. I was sneaking in from the back door, guard finding me at 3 a.m., kicking me out. All my stuff is in the, in the library. Just walking outside with one set of clothes and nothing. Money, ID, everything inside and uh, taking shower at the gym. Finally, I found a walk-in closet in Harlem and I rented it for like 600 bucks a month. And there was not enough space for me to have a desk and a bed. So I had to choose between having either a desk or a bed. So I got a mattress, Mm. no bed, so I could just flip the mattress off and I could just jump on my computer every day to work. (laughs) And there I started all my companies. I have three startups, everything started in that room. And um, I was... uh, dog walking, house sitting, painting houses, working in construction companies while my dad was making millions. And he couldn't believe that I am willing to go through that only because mm. I'm willing to fight. And I, yeah. I, I'm here for a purpose, for a dream, for right. starting companies. It's not about money. Right. And I'm sure he really respected that. I'm sure he respected you really grinding suffering through, hey, I, I got to sleep at the library, you know, wake up and take a shower at the gym, do whatever I have to do to make this dream come to fruition. And yeah. um, and th- those are the stories. That's the, the mentality. That is the determination yes. that, that you must have. And a lot of people think that this mm-hmm. pandemic, this like this quarantine is really hard. It's absolutely amazing for me because I used to be home, <laughs> read, learn new things and, you know, just uh, Google things and um, just learn new tricks. <clears throat> and for me, like this is nothing different than a few years ago. So <laughs> I adapted to quarantine really easy. 
and that actually leads me uh to the next question how is this present time affecting your business if at all uh it is for my full-time job because i'm the designer i could still design from home so i've been working from home mm -hmm. so i hope um like i've been really lucky that i didn't lose my job uh and we have mm -hmm. big clients like you know major banks and airports so uh mm -hmm. this company doesn't it, it won't go out of business and as a lead designer mm -hmm. uh, i believe i have a pre pretty um solid um, opportunity in this company so uh, for mm -hmm. my startups because i started everything with crowdsourcing and everything remote mm -hmm. so on our design side it did not have any effects hopefully but we have some productions in china that uh, those were stopped like a few weeks a few months ago when china had the uh, quarantine right and okay. now that china is mm -hmm. back to work a lot of businesses yeah exactly so yeah well. i have mm -hmm. a few products that i'm launching into the u.s market and all of those were pushed back like a few months mm-hmm Talk a little bit more about those products. We didn't get into the the details yes. of it. Um, yeah, the type of services and products. Yeah. So uh, my first startup, Blue Heart Hero, is all 3D printable solutions to amputation. So meaning that we design attachments that go on objects like door handles, coffee cups, and pens, you know, uh, flatware, and makes those accessible to people with upper uh, partial upper limb. So all of that has been operational. Then after having the vision of prosthetics for products, not people, focusing on the mm. product, I came up with a bigger idea, a bigger vision, which was human-friendly designs. And I'll, I trademarked everything mm. because it's a movement. Okay. It's not a product. It's a vision that... Human-friendly designs. Yeah, like teaching people okay. that we need to look at disability and amputation differently. And not just that. We need mm. to look at products uh, with a different vision, they need to be more inclusive. So I thought about what is a, an everyday product that we use multiple times during a day and everyone uses. And it's easy to manufacture, easy to uh, store and ship. So I chose a coffee mug. When you look yeah. at coffee mugs, the handle has never been changed in a way that fits us better. All the focus was the body or, or the print on it or the quality or the texture. Uh, I looked at the handle in a different way after more than 50 designs, more than 20 prototypes and 3D printing hundreds of it mm -hmm. and testing it with different people with like small hands, big hands, um, sure. different ages, people with arthritis or Parkinson, people with no fingers, partial upper limb, any type mm -hmm. of hand. We came down to this one design. Wow. That fits everyone. And it doesn't Whoa. look like a medical device. It looks normal. Hmm. And we called the company mm -hmm. Curved, C-U-R-V-D. So at Curved, mm -hmm. we designed drinkware designed for every hand. And we're launching our first product very soon. Mm -hmm. So you look at the handle, it's thick, it's it's wide, and it has this specific shape that this, uh, you can see the photos on the website. Uh, when people with no finger, yeah. they put their hand in, it doesn't fall down. It doesn't tip over. And for people right. with fully functional fingers, it has a much better grip. So we call this human friendly. Human because friendly. if a business is serving their clients with an, an all-inclusive drinkware, people with either visible or hidden disability have no problem 
being served at those restaurants or you know coffee shops. Mm-hmm. So we right. started designing more products, towels, furniture, clothes. So after this one product, we're going to push this movement forward and teach people mm-hmm. how products need to be serving everyone. Right. That That's amazing. That truly is. Because uh, you hear about ergonomic chairs. Yes. We're making ergonomic cups. Yeah. Fit every hand. Nice and comfortable. Yeah. Even people who have arthritis. Yeah. That looks That looks like a cup that you can still sip your tea in. Yeah. If it's the same price, you know, same manufacturing process, there is no way a business can say no to that. Because mm-hmm. why can't you be more inclusive? What stops you from serving better? Right. Right. So actually, let's talk about that a little bit. Being an immigrant and going into entrepreneurial endeavors, um, how how do you get into that? How do you get connected to the type of people in, in the industry, uh, learning that industry and knowing who to talk to and whether, you know, getting investments from those beginnings? How did you get in those spaces and those circles to build this platform? That's uh, the definition of an entrepreneur. You have to solve all of those problems. Like when I started here, I didn't know anybody. So just talking right. to people, yeah, that's what approaching I'm people, yeah. talking mm-hmm. to them, introducing yourself, and you have to have uh, your work speak for itself and showing mm-hmm. them what I accomplished and what I can do. How do I uh, talk to those people and, and build that network? Uh, yeah, one one is like just like that, just looking up events and networking, talking to people, having good mentors is extremely important. I have great mentors mm. on my back and I always rely on them and I always listen to them, to their advice. Uh, sometimes you have to make the decision yourself. I mean, as an entrepreneur or the leader, you have to do that. But having good mentors is extremely helpful. And uh, one more thing that is uh, that has been working for me is putting yourself in the spot, like uh, when mm. when it's like you want to learn how to swim, just jump in the pool. Then, then mm. now you have to learn. You have no other choice. So yeah. that's the mentality. Unless you got some weights tied to your ankles. That <laughs> <laughs> was rough. That was rough swimming. You should have that before jumping. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hearing your story is one is inspiring just in terms of coming to a a new country, not having all of the resources, grinding it out, very limited resources, but, but finding a way to build the products that you had in mind out into the world. And now it is a successfully running business. So that is a blueprint for many others in in your situation and you know thinking about times right now and what's going on economically small businesses they're really impacted by this because it's a it's a big risk it's a big leap that you're taking um but the the payoff is is so amazing because right. you 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 find that okay it's something that you came from idea then down to paper and now into the world and yes. y- you you can always 
feel proud uh, about that, that, that you were able to create something and be, a, and be a service to other people. I'm like, Oh my goodness. I was like, this guy's mother Teresa. He's making uh, prosthetics uh, for the disabled and ergonomic cups. So it can fit every hand. Cause you know, there's some people out here, they have coffee cups. It's like, yeah. ah, I love coffee, but every time I drink, it's just, yeah. I got blisters on my fingers. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Solving real problems. So I appreciate you because we, we need, yeah, we need people to do that. Yeah. And uh, there's something actually I did in this design, which is called like uh, messing with your muscle memory. You know, after you use a mm. product, uh, you get used to actually using it. Right. Mm. So because your brain doesn't have to do much thinking to hold this cup after using it for a week or two, you mm. go back to whatever you were using before. And now those become uncomfortable because now you have to do more thinking to grab it. And this makes you hooked to the design. So good for me. <laughs> That's great. Keep on rocking, Amin. <laughs> Keep on rocking. So uh, I, I, I just wanted to uh, mention one last thing about like the grinds that immigrants go through uh, in the mm -hmm. United States. Uh, being an Iranian immigrant has been extremely hard because of the uh like being muslim prejudice right yeah. uh, well i'm i'm yeah i'm uh agnostic i just believe in helping people but um sure. i think i have the label because of being born in iran it was really hard and that's not just the hard part i haven't seen my family since 2015 and i'm extremely attached to my parents and my mm -hmm. only sibling my sister that is the hard, hardest part because i feel like i owe it i owe something to my my parents the fact that i i'm their, their only son mm -hmm. their first child and I can't see them. It breaks my heart. And that doesn't let me have a relaxed time. That doesn't let me go on a vacation. That doesn't let me sleep too much. Uh, I work really hard 16 to 19 hours a day, uh, either at work or coming home, getting on my computer, designing these stuff for uh, amputees and U.S. veterans and posting it online. Like It's because of my parents. I feel like I owe it to them. And I cannot really have a glamorous life here if they are... Uh, being tortured for missing me, you know, all these years. And I don't see why I can't have my parents invited here because legally I am allowed. I invited them three times and they mm -hmm. were rejected only because of the current administration. They won't allow them to come visit me, even though that's illegal. So these are the stuff that really bothers me. Like, why am I being pushed back while I'm helping U.S. citizens? I appreciate you telling that story because I think people need to know that this really affects families. Yes. Right. Yes. So. Yeah. Hopefully it all gets resolved soon. Like after I get my uh, green card, I'm going to go like uh, six cylinders on this and uh, help more people roll out more designs. Right now I'm very limited. I cannot work for myself. It has to be a side project, but um, yeah, hopefully I could move to the next level. We're, we're rooting for you. We're rooting for you, man, for sure. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you to Lee Researcher, Con Branch, Assistant Producers, Luke Bianco and David White, and music by Brandon Williams. Follow Immigration Nerds on Twitter at IMMNerds and Erickson Immigration Group on LinkedIn to join in the conversation. I'm Ian Gaines. See you next week.